Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Chris Daly, who's joining us to discuss his extensive experience in digital marketing. Chris is a digital marketing entrepreneur, speaker, and neuromarketer who helps businesses drive revenue through their websites by utilizing marketing psychology. He started his conversion optimization agency, Daily Conversion, back in 2014, which he later merged with Disruptive Advertising and now works as VP of Site Testing and Optimization. Today, we're going to talk about how to drive revenue through your website by utilizing marketing psychology, what are the biggest problems that most companies have with their websites, why fixing them is not as simple as just redesigning them, and how to get your visitors to convert to clients. We'll learn what has worked from Chris's experience, what maybe could be avoided if you're doing this yourself, and where other brands are missing the mark. Chris, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Super happy to have you here because this is a marketing topic that is near and dear to me because whether it's our own website or our clients when they're doing uh, partnerships and campaigns, there's always just something that could be done a little bit better. And what I'd love to do is have you start off just explaining a little bit more about who you are, what your background is, and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, so I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona um, from, from the Phoenix Valley and uh, moved to Utah, where I currently live when I was um, about 21, I believe. Um, so I live up here in the mountains, the cold mountains, and uh, absolutely love it here. And we had an interesting thing happen in Utah. Um, I want to say probably 10, 10 to 12 years ago, uh, we had an analytics company called Omniture that started up here in Utah, uh, which later was acquired by Adobe and is now the Adobe Marketing Cloud. Um, and because of that, there was a huge influx of technology and marketing type jobs and companies that started up and spun off here in Utah. Uh, and so I'm a, I'm a product of um, the Utah marketing bubble. <laughs> um, and uh, so I got my first real job uh, doing search engine optimization, SEO. Um, this was, I, I want to say 10, 11 years ago for an agency and absolutely fell in love with the, with the digital marketing world. Um, and, uh, and spent several years doing search engine optimization, which is all about driving tra traffic to your website through Google. Right. So I was in the traffic acquisition game. I did some PPC on social media, some PPC through Google AdWords and, uh, but primarily focused on search engine optimization. So I spent about three years doing search engine optimization and ended up in-house at a company where we were, um, we had about tripled our organic traffic in a six month time frame. So we were crushing it, getting tons of organic traffic to our website. And I remember sitting down in a meeting with my boss and I don't know, some other executives that were at the company at the time. And one of them asked, one of them said, well, Chris, this is great that we're getting all this traffic but what does that mean for the business? And honestly, that was the first time in my career that I had 
really had my traffic numbers challenged where it was like, yeah, traffic's great. Traffic to the website is fantastic, but is it converting? Like, is anything actually happening with it? And as I started digging into the numbers, we were getting some conversions, but not nearly as many as I would have expected. And so that is when I started scratching my head going, why would that be the case? You know, I assume that this traffic we're getting is great traffic. Of course, there's the potential that it's just crappy traffic. But before I accept that the traffic is crappy, first, I want to see if there's something wrong with my website. So that is where I discovered the, uh, the realm of, of conversion rate optimization and the idea of A-B testing. And I thought, what the heck, let's give it a shot. So we ran an A-B test on our website. I had no clue what I was doing at the time. I just found some uh, landing page template online and tested it against one of our landing pages. And it increased conversion rates by like 20%. I thought, wow, this is crazy. Like, you know, this, this template doesn't look nice, but it converted a lot better. Um, and that's what really sparked my love for conversion rate optimization. And really, you know, the psychology aspect of, as you were reading my bio, like the psychology aspect of digging in and asking, why did this work better? Like, what is it that people were looking for on this website? What is it that resonated with them on this design that wasn't resonating with them on the previous design? Like, what, what changed? What happened? What, what is it that, uh, that is driving people's behavior on this site? And that's the question that continues to excite me every single morning as I get up. Um, and get out of bed. So, I mean, it's kind of uh, a long story from there. You know, I started my my business and, and merged with disruptive advertising, and, and that's its own story in and of itself. But um, that's that's a little bit about my background, how I ended up doing what I'm doing today. Yeah, that's awesome. So, are there some com- commonalities that you typically see that cause low conversion rates? So, that's a great question. Um, and and first. Let me first start by maybe altering the question a little bit because um, a lot of usually the first reason that people think about doing conversion rate optimization or A-B testing is because conversion rates are low. And that makes sense. Um, You know, there's a problem. You know that there's a problem. But more common than not is conversion rates are fine and nobody's worried about it because things are fine, right? It's like, well, our site's converting fine, so let's not let's not do anything to it to improve it. Um, and and so one one big challenge, and this it's the same problem with high converting sites or low com- converting sites. the The problem is um, that there's no strategy either that that goes into the website with, when it's initially built, or there's some level of strategy, and a bunch of assumptions are made about the website. So I'll tell you a story to explain what I mean there. So we had a client that came to us that had spent a little over $300,000 on a new website design, right? So one, one big thing that a lot of companies will do, and I think we can talk more about this later, but one big thing that most companies will do is like every two to five years say, oh, we need to redesign the whole site, right? We, we need a big website redesign. So this company had spent about $300,000 on a big website redesign, which when you spend that amount of money on a site design, you're expecting that it's going to have some impact on performance, right? I mean, you need to see some kind of ROI on that. Should have some bells and whistles. Yes. And, and so they did a bunch of research that led them into this design. They, uh, they did research on their audience, audience demographics. So they're like, oh, we know who our audience is. We know what age range they're, they're in. We know that most of our traffic is coming from 
Instagram or from, you know, from social media. So they're on mobile devices. So we're, we're designing for mobile first. And anyways, you know, they, they, they definitely gathered some data and did some research. And the problem is they, because they had done this research, they made a ton of assumptions about what their audience wanted. So they designed a site that they thought would appeal to this particular audience on this particular device type coming from this particular traffic source. They launched the new website and nothing happened. Uh, conversion rates didn't go up. They didn't go down. So, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever. And conversion rates didn't improve at all. So they had done all of this work. And so then they're left similar to, to my experience uh, early in my, earlier in my career. They're sitting there scratching their heads going, we would think this would have some kind of impact on conversion rates. What happened? Uh, and so when they came to me, that's when we got to start digging in and asking, well, what does the audience actually want to see? So that's great that you know that your traffic is on mobile devices. That's great that you know your traffic is coming from social media. And we still don't know what they actually want to see. You know, you sell a bunch of products on your website. Um, we don't know how many of those products they want to see when they come to the homepage. Do they want to see all of them? Do they want to see one of them? Do they want to see categories of your products? We don't know what they actually want to see on the site. So all you've really done is you just repackaged your old website and made it look better, but you haven't actually improved any of the, you don't actually know what your users want on each page. And so you haven't improved anything that matters. Like turns out the design doesn't actually matter to your audience. What matters is the functionality. So we started challenging a lot of their assumptions. Um, you know, for example, on mobile, they had designed their page to look a lot like Instagram. So you get, you get to their homepage and there's just endless products. You just scroll and scroll and scroll on mobile and they just have tons of products. So we challenged that assumption and we said, well, let's run an A-B test. Let's run a test where we have less products on the page. In fact, we ran eight different versions of their homepage with less, fewer and fewer numbers of products. So I think their original homepage had like 50 or something, you know, and we ran a version of their homepage that had 40 and 30 and 20 and 10. And then we ran, you know, a version that just had categories on there. And out of all of those eight different variations, six of them increased revenue and conversion rates, which immediately told us that the assumptions that we had been making were wrong and that the design isn't what's important. It's, it's the actual like the, con the content, the experience, the journey through the website. And we needed to explore and find out what journey we needed to be giving our users. And so that is, one of, that is the most common challenge that I see businesses have is businesses make assumptions because they talk to their customers or they have analytics data that says X, Y, and Z, or they have done some customer research that say things. So they make a bunch of assumptions about what people actually want on the site without testing it to you know, verify that that is actually going to perform better. Um, so that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that most companies in the world today are up against. And so it's, this is irrespective of size. I think that, um, I think only 20% of the fortune 500 companies do any kind of AB testing on their site, which means 80% of those companies are just flying blind. You know, they're just doing whatever their design team told them to do or what a design agency told them to do, but they don't actually have a lot of data backing up what they're doing. And is that because people just are not thrilled with the idea of plodding along and throwing different things out and testing them? Or why is it that there's this abhorrence, basically, and non-interest in doing A-B testing? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a few common reasons that I encounter. The first biggest reason is that people just don't even know that it exists, which blows my mind in today's, um, you know, with, with conversion rate optimization today being a lot more visible than it was when I started. Um, you would think that a lot of companies would be aware of how valuable it can be. <clears throat> but most of the people that I talk to have never tried A-B testing before. Like it's just never even crossed their mind as something that they need. And so that's the first thing. And, and I think the reason why that happens is it, it is so easy to get lost in the traffic game, right? It's like you try out PPC and you identify that Google is a great channel for you to send traffic to. So then your mind, your marketing mind just becomes consumed with optimizing your PPC campaigns, driving more PPC traffic, figuring out what your budgets and your schedules should be. And, and your mind just is, that's, it's just a one track mind. Mm -hmm. Same thing with SEO. I mean, it's the same problem that I had when I was doing SEO. What are the things that I'm concerned about on a daily basis? Well, I'm concerned about rankings. What are my rankings on different keywords? I'm concerned about different KPIs, leading indicators, like how much content are we producing? How many articles are we publishing? You know, all these types of things. Um, and so it's so easy to just get this narrow-minded focus. And, and you'll, you tell yourself, well, we'll focus on conversion rates and the website at some point. And the truth is, you never do. Uh, because it is never going to make itself a priority unless conversion rates tank. And if conversion rates tank, then it's like panic mode. And so we have a client right now that we're working with that is in panic mode and they're having a very hard time doing AB testing because they're like, no, like our business is failing. Conversion rates are tanking. Like we need to just make changes to the website. We need to fix this problem now. And that's where business start, business, most businesses start making really stupid decisions. Because um, if I need to make a decision today to fix a problem today, I'm probably not making a very smart or strategic decision mm -hmm. uh, because smart and strategic decisions take a little bit longer. So I think that's the second concern that people have. So the first concern I've seen is people don't know about it. The second concern I've seen is um, it never becomes an urgent issue until it's almost too late. Um, and the third issue that I have seen, the third reason why companies don't do A-B testing is that they tried it and had no idea what they were doing. So there was no strategy. There was no expertise involved. So they tried it. And, and when most companies try A-B testing, they do one of two things. They will say, um, I hate this thing on our site. So let's just, let's try a version where we remove that thing on our site that I hate, you know, or I, I hate that we have a picture of the founder on the homepage. I really want to go to my boss and tell him that his picture on the homepage is hurting conversion rates. So let's run a test. So they run a test and either it works or it doesn't. If it works, then they go, great, let's take that picture off the homepage. And then they never test anything else because there was no strategy behind it or it doesn't work. And they go, well, crap, that was the only idea I had. So there's <laughs> nothing else to do. Um, so that's, that's one reason or businesses try it and they fail or, and, and I, and I say failure almost with, with quotations around it because it doesn't work. Like whatever their idea is doesn't work and they don't know where to go from there. And so that's, that's, I think the third biggest reason is just businesses have tried it and either haven't had success or have, and haven't known what to do from there because they haven't had any expertise or strategy. And so they just get stuck. Um, right. 
And so there's, yeah, like I said, there, there's a lot of reasons. There's so many companies out there that aren't doing it, which is great news for those of us marketers and business owners that um, are willing to try this because that puts us a huge step ahead of all of our competitors. Fair enough. Now, are there any industries that it doesn't really matter? And is it just as important for B2B as well as B2C businesses to A-B test and, and really get this down correctly? Yeah, great question. And it, I, I will answer yes with a caveat. Yes, it is just as important for B2B or lead gen as it is for e-commerce. And the strategies are going to be different. All right, you can't apply an e-commerce, uh, you know, A/B testing strategy to a lead gen site because the goals are different. Um, the conversion is completely different, right? On e-commerce, it's like a one and done type of thing, right? It's like I generate a transaction or I don't. On lead gen, it's a little more tricky because your conversion is a lead, which is not yet a customer, right? And so there's some other things you have to take into consideration, such as What's the quality of these leads that I'm generating? Like if I increase conversion rates, am I decreasing lead quality? And that's a common um, assumption that people have. And that's not always true. Uh, but sometimes it is like, hey, I doubled conversion rates and cut my lead quality in half. Um, and so there's, there's more factors. There's more things that you need to take into consideration um, with lead gen, namely lead quality and conversion rates. And then there's other things, which is, uh, with a lot of lead gen type companies or B2B type companies, there's a variety of different ways that you could convert someone. You could generate a phone call. And a lot of times companies would prefer a phone call to a lead submission because you have a live person on the phone. Um, and so the question comes up, well, what conversion metric are we trying to optimize for? Like, and so that's one of the first things that I will ask um, clients that I'm working with is, if I increased your phone calls and decreased your lead submissions, like in equal proportions, like if, we, if, we ha if I generated 20 more phone calls and 20 less form submissions, would that be preferable? Would that be worse? What would you prefer that we focus on? Um, and how much more valuable is a phone call than a lead? Or you know, how much more valuable is a lead that gives us all this information versus a lead that gives us just their name and phone number? Mm -hmm. um, those are the things that, Again, you need to really take into consideration, and a lot of companies haven't even thought about, um, <clears throat> as sad as it might sound, like a lot of times when I'm having these conversations with businesses, it's the first time anybody's ever asked them these questions. It's like, well, what do we want? We want more sales, so just get us more leads. Okay, what kind of leads do you want? I don't care. Get me a phone call, lead form submission, a chat. I don't care. Get me anything. Um, and so when, when I start pushing them to say, yeah, but if we had to focus on just one of those conversions what would be the best one for you? A lot of companies start scratching their heads at that point, or they'll go find their sales team and go, Hey, you know, sales manager, what do you want? <laughs> um, so those are, those are the other things. So it, it is equally important because you always need, like there is no such thing as the perfect website. There is no point, even with clients that have done AB testing for years, there is no point at which, um, you have arrived at the perfect website that will convert perfectly well because you're going to be sending different types of traffic to your site. Uh, website behavior is going to change on a year to year basis. You might get more mobile than desktop and you might not have a great de a mobile experience or whatever. So there's lots of things that are going to change over time. And so 
there is always room for improvement. So both lead gen and e-commerce type companies need to be doing this. Well, and then from, you know, a lead gen uh, agency's uh, viewpoint, you know, when you were asking that, that was triggering questions in my own mind of, you know, is it better to have a chat box? Is it better to have an email? Is it better to get a phone call? And if you're not staffed to actually have someone available to respond to a chat box or someone who's able to respond to a phone call, that has to play into all of these decisions too. Absolutely. And the other thing too, one, one challenge that I see with, with lead gen type companies is a lot of companies prefer one kind of conversion just because that's what they get, right? So I have a client that I said, what if I was to generate more phone calls? And they say, well, we haven't histor- historically generated many phone calls. So, you know, lead form submission seems to be the method that people prefer. And it's like, well, it might be that they prefer that just because that's really the only option they have on your site right now. Um, And so that's where it's good to sometimes challenge the status quo and say, well, maybe we like leads better just because that's how we've built our system because that's all we were getting for a while. And maybe phone calls would be better for us. Or maybe we um, hate phone calls, you know, and and phone calls are crappy because we get a bunch of... um, window shoppers and they're just very low quality people. And so we either need to focus more on the, on the form submission or we need to do more qualifying of these people before we actually ask them to call us. Um, so again, but th- these are lots of like fun strategic questions that, that to me are really fun to dig into and start investigating uh, because it helps you make better business decisions. And a lot of times it can shape the way that you, um, that you do business with your clients. When you're looking at a website, can you just instantly see areas that are problematic? Um, so it's funny. It's funny you say that because um, I, you know, we have a, a training program that we take our conversion rate optimization people through here at Disruptive. And a lot of times I think, um, well, I'll take a step back. So I, I, I read, I recently read the book, The Art of Learning um, by Josh Waitskin, which is fantastic, highly recommended, one of the probably top 20 books that I've ever read. Um, And in it, he talks about how a lot of times um, people will look at like a jujitsu master or, you know, like different martial arts masters. People will look at these masters um, and think that they are doing something mystical. Like because, because these like masters over different areas of expertise um, have practiced so much and they've spent so much time in their field to, to a new person, to like a rookie, what they are doing looks like magic. It looks impossible. It's like, how can they possibly move that fast? How can they think that fast? It's like they could read my mind. They knew what I was going to do, but that's not the case. They're not reading people's minds. They're not magic. They've just gotten so good at what they do that it comes automatically to them, right? It's, they, they don't even have to think about it anymore. It becomes an unconscious competence. And so can I look at a website and immediately see things that people need to improve? The answer is kind of. <laughs> and I say kind of because there is no guaranteed formula to improving conversion rates. Like I could look at your website or actually I'll use my own site as an example. So we were creating a, a strategy for our own website, the, the disruptive advertising website. And, uh, you know, so we're trying to generate leads and I looked at the page and, and 
what, what does come very easily to me is test ideas, test concepts, things that I know have worked because I've run hundreds of these types of tests, right? So I'll look at a website and I can usually identify what are the conversion levers going to be. So what are, what are the levers going to be that we could pull? Is it going to be the content on the site? Is it going to be our call to action? Is it going to be, um, is it going to be the imagery on the site or, um, you know, I can, I can usually identify if there are things that might be distracting people on a website. That's a big one that I see with a lot of websites. There's usually too much stuff on a website. And so we're distracting our audience. So I usually am able to look at those sites and I immediately have a bunch of light bulbs go off where I say, okay, this is probably going to be a lever. This is probably going to be a lever. So I look at the disruptive advertising website and I say, well, value propositions are a big deal. Um, for somebody that's, that's deciding whether or not to fill out a lead form, right? So are we featuring the right value propositions on our website? Now, I had some theories. I thought, you know what? We're probably not featuring our value propositions prominently enough. So let's try a variation where we feature very, very you know, value propositions more prominently. Uh, we probably have too much content. So let's have a variation where we remove some content. Um, but, but one thing that's very important to me and that is very important for anybody that is serious about website testing is you always have to be willing to challenge your own biases and your own assumptions. So that's why I say kind of, because I always challenge my own ideas. So if I think we need to have less content, then we also need to test a variation where we have more content. If I think we need to have more prominently featured value propositions, then we probably ought to have a variation where we have no value propositions or feature our value propositions less heavily. Um, cause I need to, I, again, I need to give my audience the flexibility to tell me what they actually want. And so I will tell you this after running thousands of AB tests, I am still wrong on things that I think will work on a website on a daily basis. So that is why I, I am a big advocate or, or I am a strong opponent to people that call themselves like UX experts. It's like I am a user experience expert or a user experience designer because a lot of times those people will claim that I know how to design a great user experience. And I call BS on that every time because a great user experience is totally subjective like each audience has their own definition of what a good user experience is. Each audience responds to different amounts of content. Like I ran a, I ran a test on social media examiners website. Um, I met Michael Stelzner a few years ago and, uh, and we've worked together quite a bit over the last few years. And so we were running a test on his website and that, that website has a ton of content. We were actually testing on the, on the conference website for social media marketing world. And I looked at the social media marketing world website and I thought, okay, content is obviously going to be a lever here. I think there's too much content. So let's try some variations where we reduce or, or summarize some content. So we tested having less content. And then of course we tested a variation that had more content and guess which one turned out to win the one that had more content. <laughs> it was completely counter to what I thought of as a best practice, but for his audience that worked, it resonated. That's what they were looking for. And so th that's where you have to be willing to challenge your own ideas. Um, and there is never a best practice that everyone should just implement on their site that will immediately guarantee higher conversion rates. And so what are the first steps? What should someone who's going to do this, if they're not hiring you, what should they stop and do first? 
Yeah. So the, the first thing that I, so a couple things that you need to start with, like foundational pieces, you need to make sure that you're gathering as much data as you possibly can. So, I mean, if, if you don't have Google analytics on your site, I mean, that's just a bad idea in the first place. Like you've got to be gathering analytics data. So make sure you have Google analytics on your site. That should go without saying, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, and then the other thing that I always recommend people do is gather heat mapping data. So there's a free heat mapping tool out there called Hotjar that people can um, put on their site for free. And what this heat mapping tool will do is it will show you where are people clicking on the site, how far down the page are they scrolling on desktop and mobile, and just as important as, as where are people clicking, where are they not clicking? Um, because what that will usually do when you start looking at a heat map of your site and you go, um, oh, wow, no one's clicking on our main call to action. This happens a lot with e-commerce websites. You'll have a, a hero banner that has like your, you know, your, your new, your deal of the week or something that's on the banner. And we'll run a heat map and find no one's actually clicking on that. And that's usually a surprise because I think e-commerce sites probably spend more time worrying about their hero banner than any other companies out there. Um, and, and they're constantly swapping them out. I mean, I've got clients that are swapping their hero banner out on a weekly basis. And so sometimes, you know, you look at that and you go, crap, no one's clicking on our hero banner. That means one of two things, either the offer that we have, the offer we have in there sucks, or it's, you know, it's not resonating. Um, or, people like something else on my page better and people don't want a hero banner. Right. And so that's where it's important to like, you gather this data and then you start asking questions. Why might this be happening? Um, what are the possible reasons why people wouldn't click on my hero banner? And then you create a test that, sh that addresses each of those things. So, so that's the first step, get some foundational pieces in place, gather some data, and then the next step, like the easiest getting started step is getting a, an A-B testing tool on your website. So Google has a free tool that you can use called Google Optimize. It's definitely not the best A-B testing tool on the planet and it's free and it's pretty good. And so it's a good place to start. Um, so get Google Optimize set up. It's fairly easy, especially if you already have Google Analytics on your site. That's fairly easy to set up. And um, and, and, and I recommend starting with some simple tests. And so, um, the, the first and simplest test that I usually recommend to clients is what I call an existence test. So an existence test is the basic premise of an existence test is testing whether or not everything that's on your site should actually be there. So with an existence test, what you're going to do is you are going to go through and remove things on your site. So I'll use an e-commerce homepage as an example. And like fear strikes everyone in the heart as soon as I mention removing things from, the, from their site. Um, most business owners, as soon as I say that, they go, no, what about SEO? No, we can't remove content off our site. Like uh, what, about, what, if, you know, what if I have different types of people that are coming to my site? Like I need to have an offer that resonates with all my different you know, users. And I mean, there's just so many, so many friction points here, which just, cracks me up all the time because, um, you know, it's all just this emotional reaction to, uh, to the idea of removing something from your website. But what I will say is 10 out of 10 websites that I have, that I've worked with, or literally every site that I have worked with to date in my career 
has had at least one thing on every page of their site that is hurting their conversion rates. So in other words, you've got something there that's distracting people or you have something that people don't like that is causing anxiety uh, or you have the wrong offer on your page. Um, and so starting with an existence test is where you go through and you say, okay, let's take an e-commerce homepage, for example. What's typically on an e-commerce homepage? You have a hero banner. You've got categories of products. Sometimes you have specific products. And then you have a bunch of company crap down at the bottom. You've got like Instagram pictures and your blog and all that stuff. So usually what I recommend is run an existence test. It's very easy to create in Google Optimize. You, you put your page in, you put the URL in Google Optimize. It will pull up the website. It will load it up inside of an editor. And you can literally just click on something and say, and click on a button that says remove. It's that simple to create one variation. So if I, I say, okay, variation one, I'm going to remove my hero banner. Oh, I hate the idea of doing this, but I'm going to do it um, because it's a win-win scenario. If I remove my hero banner and conversion rates drop, then I know my hero banner is helping conversion rates. I know that it's resonating. I know that it's actually helping me convert people. And that's hugely beneficial because that tells me the next thing I should test, my hero banner. And if conversion rates go up when I remove my hero banner, well, that's great. I just in increased conversion rates with one test and all I had to do was remove something. That's awesome. And I found that, that that was distracting my users. So, I mean, there's no way you can lose here in this test. You are either becoming more informed and more strategic or you're increasing conversion rates. And so, yeah, on an e-commerce homepage, I would suggest like three variations. Version one, remove your banner. Version two, remove your categories. Version three, remove your products. And then test all those versions against each other and see what happens. See which one generates the most revenue. See which one generates the most product page views or whatever your conversion metric is that you're looking at. Um, it's a very simple test and it's a very easy way to start out by just saying, let's make sure that everything we have assumed should be on our site should actually be here. Well, and what's wonderful about that is you just gave all of our listeners a way to do it where they're not accidentally losing their information forever. Right. <laughs> exactly. I clicked, I deleted, it's gone, never to be found again. <laughs> Yes. And that's, and that's the, the other great thing, because that's one um, point that I often see friction with people on is <laughs> I have businesses say, even if conversion rates go up without a hero banner, I'm not removing it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to take it off my website. So you shouldn't even run the test because we're going to keep it on there no matter what. And, and so I always counter that with, okay, the great thing about this is it's just a test. It's just an A-B test, so we can turn it off in a week, and we, and, and we don't have to keep showing that to people forever. And wouldn't you at least prefer to know if you are convinced that something that you are going to keep the hero banner on your site, no matter what the data says, you should at least know what decision you're making. Like, okay, I'm going to have the hero banner on my site no matter what, even if conversion rates drop by 50%. Um, you need to know that so that you're making an informed business decision because otherwise what most businesses do is they say these things are off limits. Sure. We'll test the button color. I don't care about that. Sure. We'll test uh, a different image on the page. I don't care about that, but we're not going to take anything off. 
Um, and, and again, the risk that you run is one of those things that you are unwilling to at least challenge could be having a significant negative impact on your conversion rates. And you at least need to be aware that you're making that decision. What has been one of the biggest, I guess, to phrase, you know, the wins, like you've gone through, you've done AB testing and someone was originally getting 10 traffic numbers a month, whatever it might be. Now it's a million and 10. Like what have been the biggest and best case studies from someone actually doing this where you've really seen an upswing? Yeah. Oh, I've got a few of these and it's, it's, um, it's one of the most, one of my most favorite parts of my job. Obviously I love seeing, I I love learning what drives people to make decisions online. Like that is um, fascinating to me and it's fun. But I love seeing and I, I love having a meaningful impact in businesses. Um, and we, we get to have this experience pretty regularly. So a couple of experiences. So one of them, I spoke at Social Media Marketing World uh, two years ago. Um, and, I, and I met a company that, uh, so actually, I bumped into a guy that was in my session. Um, literally, like we were walking into another session. And he just mentioned in passing, he was like, Hey, I saw your session. It was a hell of a session. And so we just, you know, struck up a conversation and, uh, and he said, you know, that stuff was really interesting to me and I would love to love to learn more about it. Anyways, we started, we started chatting. Uh, they became a client. Um, and two years, two and a half years later today, we just went out and visited them, um, uh, out in, out in Missouri, like two, three weeks ago. Um, and they shared something, they shared a couple of things with me. Number one, they shared that their conversion rates have never been better than they are now. Um, in fact, their business has been, um, they, they have hit their last two years in a row of revenue targets because of the improvements we were able to make through site testing. And so it was, it's, it was great to hear that we had like a, a heavy hand in helping them accomplish their business goals. But one of the things that they also said that really struck me is they said, because of what you guys have done, like because of how you guys have helped us to think and and how you are helping us to become informed about our customers, we're never going to make a decision on the side again without testing it through you guys. Um, we, we ran a test and I, I don't want to, hopefully there's no listeners on here from Norton antivirus or whatever, but um, you know, these guys were approached by Norton, security, Norton antivirus. And Norton said, Hey, um, our studies have shown that conversion rates increase when you have a Norton antivirus logo on every page, um, because it helps customers feel more secure. So let us put this Norton antivirus thing on every page of your site. And you only have to pay us a percentage of the increase in sales that we generate for you. So, you know, they, they were claiming that they did some kind of AB testing to prove their increase, right? What a product placement on a site and you get to pay for it to be there. That's phenomenal. <laughs> right. And, um, and so the, the, you know, the client of ours said, well, it seems to make sense. We're only going to pay them if they make us more money. And I said, okay, that's interesting. Um, and why don't we test? Why don't we run a test on this? Let's test a Norton antivirus logo against just some logo that we make up 
and then against nothing. So we'll have a version where we have nothing. We'll have one or two versions that we just invent our own security logo that just says like secure shopping experience or something like that. Like we'll just make something up and then we'll put the Norton one on there. Let's see which one has the biggest impact on conversion rates. So they agreed, Norton Antivirus agreed, we ran the test. Interestingly, uh, the Norton Antivirus logo had no impact on conversion rates. In fact, I think it had a slightly negative impact. Um, and the one that we just created, one of the ones that we just created and made up had a significantly positive impact on conversion rates. And so that was one of those ones where, um, you know, our client was, was so grateful. They said, thank you. Cause not only did you guys help us gain some insights for our customer, but you also saved us probably tens of thousands of dollars over the course of each year in like rev share that we would have been paying to Norton by having their logo on our site. And so, you know, again, it's not that I'm anti Norton. It's just that in these kinds of cases, you need to make sure that you're not just buying into some hype and that you are actually testing what's best for my business. So that's one example. I had another example. It was one of my first few clients that I got when I started my business. And, uh, you know, it was a lead gen company in the, in the mortgage space. Um, so we started testing on some of their landing pages and I believe within about a six month time frame, we had almost tripled conversion rates to the point where their sales team was so overwhelmed with leads that they had to like pause their marketing efforts for a little while, just so their sales team could catch up on all of these leads they were generating. And so, you know, that's like one of those problems, um, where it's like, uh, you know, business owners, hope that they're successful, but then they become so successful. They don't even know what to do with themselves. It's like, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to all this demand. And that's definitely the kind of problem I want my, you know, my, my clients facing. We um, all want that problem. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's a good problem. Okay. Fair enough. That those are some great case studies of the importance of not just, you know, jumping in and doing something because it can cost you money because you have the wrong expectations set out as well as actually over delivering so that you have a new problem created and have too much business, which we would all love to have. Exactly. So beyond the AV testing, um, going into more of some of your specialties with SEO and what are other practices that people should be considering here or, really should their focus just be to start at least on A-B testing and, and seeing how the results play out for them? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, and I'll, I'll try to pick that question apart a little bit and answer it in a couple parts. But um, I mean, first, I would just say, yes, businesses need to just start A-B testing. Just start somewhere. Because if you don't start today, you will never start. Um, that's been my experience. We've had a lot of clients that, um, you know, that will come to us and they'll say, Hey, we're going to put this on pause for a little bit. Don't worry. We'll come back to this. And they never do. Or other businesses that we'll work with that will say, Hey, we'll try this on our own. And then they come back a year later and say, and say, Hey, I know we said we would try this on our own and we didn't. So we're going to come work with you guys just so that we do it. Um, you know, but, but I've seen a lot of businesses that will just, that will try this on their own. And see a ton of success. So, I mean, you've got to just start to figure out what do you want to do? Do you want to work with somebody else to do it for you? Do you want to do it yourself and actually make sure that it happens? Um, so, just start is my first suggestion. Um, and a good marketing approach, any good marketing strategy is going to coordinate 
multiple different marketing efforts, right? It's not like you can just do conversion rate optimization and your business will succeed. You know, you've got to pair it with doing good SEO and doing good um, PPC, you know, whether, whether it's on Google or Facebook or wherever you're marketing, like you've, you've got to pair all of these different marketing efforts together because that's when you get the biggest bang for your buck. I mean, if you're just focused on PPC, if you're just focused on driving traffic through Google AdWords and you're not optimizing the website, you're missing a huge opportunity because you could be converting a lot more of that traffic that you're paying for. If you're just doing conversion rate optimization and you're not sending traffic to the site, well, your conversion rate optimization efforts will never generate a very big impact because you're probably not getting enough traffic to your site and you're probably not getting the right kind of traffic to your site. Um, so you've got to make sure that you do both of those together. Um, and you've got to make sure that you are constantly looking for ways to improve. I mean, I see so many businesses that just get on autopilot and it's like, okay, we've got a pretty decent, uh, we got a pretty decent spot on our Google AdWords campaign or Google ads campaign. We've gotten to a pretty decent spot on our Facebook campaign. We'll just keep updating those once a month or something, but we're not going to keep exploring and, and, and they just kind of hit, um, hit the snooze button on, on innovating. And again, you, you can have a successful business that way. And you could have a more successful business if you just put some additional effort into optimizing these processes. And so um, one concern that I hear often, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, one concern I hear often when I start talking about conversion rate optimization is the SEO people saying, well, you can't remove stuff from the site or, you know, if you're running a test where you're changing content, it's going to screw up our SEO rankings. Um, and I understand, again, like, you know, I, my background is in SEO, so I understand where their concern is coming from. And in my experience, if you can increase conversion rates, it will actually increase your organic rankings more than having additional content. So, um, or in other words, if your on-site metrics improve, because Google does look heavily at your on-site metrics, they look at things like, What's the bounce rate for your website? What's the click-through rates? Like, what's the average time on site? Google's trying to figure out, are you giving a good quality experience to people when we send people to you? And so if you can increase conversion rates, even if you have slightly less content on your page, so you look less relevant, you look like a better experience now because your bounce rates are lower. Your click-through rates are higher. Your conversion rates are higher. Your time on site is higher. Like, you know, it's the rising tide that lifts all ships. And so... Um, I have not had a single experience where, um, where increasing conversion rates decreased um, SEO rankings. I'm sure that it's happened. So, you know, if anybody's had that experience, I'd be happy to, for them to reach out and tell me that I'm wrong. But um, I've never seen it happen in the last seven years that I've been testing. Fair enough. And if someone does want to reach out and tell you that you're wrong, how is the best <laughs> way? Or more importantly, if they want to say, hey, Chris, how can I actually be doing this better and do it right? How can they be reaching out to you? What's the best way? Yeah. So, I mean, the first place we is, uh, you know, a lot of what we've talked about today is the basics, right? Like where, how do I get started with A-B testing? Um, and we actually put together a, a starter guide for A-B testing that addresses a lot of these questions that we've been discussing, um, like what tools should I use? What are the first few tests that I should run? Um, and then also goes into a little bit more depth with additional test concepts 
how you should customize for lead gen versus e-commerce and a lot of other things. And so um, the, the first place people are interested in kind of taking some next steps uh, that they can go is to disruptiveadvertising.com slash guide. Um, you can download that guide for free. There is a box there. If you're interested in talking with, with me or somebody over at disruptive, there's a box you can check um, and we'll, and we'll reach out, but um, otherwise you can just download the guide. And then I am on, um, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, my name is Chris Daly. Last name is D-A-Y-L-E-Y. Um, and so people can reach out there and I'd be happy to answer any questions or if somebody wants to debate something that I, that I said today, I'd be happy to engage in a fun, healthy debate. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much. I know I found a lot of value out of this. So I am going to be looking at that Google optimization tool that you mentioned, as well as coming back to our team to see what we need to be doing better with A, B and testing and maybe in touch with you to speak a little bit more about that as well. But really, really found a lot of value in what you shared with us today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you again for having me on. It was a pleasure. Is there anything as a last thought that you'd want to share with our listeners today on how they should get started? Just the, the last thing that I want to say kind of goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning, um, which is the most successful individuals. Well, in fact, I'll, I'll share a quote. That's one of my favorite quotes. It's from Jim Rohn. And he said, um, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. And what I love about that, and I've seen over and over again with entrepreneurs, with marketers, with, um, with employees alike, is the people who are the most successful are the people who are constantly willing to adapt, to challenge themselves, to um, be willing to think differently. And so, um, you know, my, I guess my invitation to people is um, if your hesitancy with A-B testing, if, if you're not A-B testing right now because... Um, you think that you already have a great website or uh, you're concerned about, you know, you would rather just use a, a user experience designer or something like that. Be willing to challenge your own idea. Be willing to challenge something that's on your website. Be willing to feel a little bit uncomfortable for the sake of learning and developing yourself. Because, um, you know, again, whether you're a marketer, an employee, a, an entrepreneur, if you're willing to constantly improve and constantly look for ways to uh, to improve yourself your business your website um, you will be vastly more successful than people who are not willing to do that well that is phenomenal advice to take to heart chris thank you so much for today thank you